It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. All right, this is Paul Brazier on the air for Greg Davis. Our friend Greg Davis is all over the state of Alabama doing his Alcap stuff. And so I'll just leave it like that. I got some folks in the get in the uh, studio here with me today, Michael Barber and Jonathan Murray. And Michael and I are on the uh, Alcap board, as a matter of fact, sure. that uh, Greg's on, that Greg leads now. And I'll introduce, uh, formally introduce Michael and Jonathan in just a moment. But I want to start off today, we're going to talk about reaching people with the gospel today. How do you do that? How were you reached? And that, that sort of thing. But we're going to deal with primarily how to reach men to start with. And from there, um, really uh, talk about how we, uh, how we can do that. And so I, without me wandering around so much on the words right now, I want to read you a scripture I think it's really interesting. It says, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, and this is in Matthew chapter 16, it says he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they, and they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus came to him and said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the, you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And, uh, and then he, he goes on with the rest of the story. But I, I just wanted to start there because Jesus reached men, and he gave them a testimony. He says, and upon this testimony that you know who I am, then you'll know who you are, right. and I'll build my rock. Right. And so Jesus gave us all a, a testimony when we come to him as our Lord and Savior. And we're going to build on that as we go. But let's pray right now that God would use that scripture to direct our thoughts today and direct our hearts and lives. And while I play, pray, Brother Michael's going to pray for, uh, play for us on the mandolin. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the gifts and talents you give us to use for your glory. And I pray, Lord, right now you'd speak to us. Help us, Lord, to follow you with our whole heart, and help us, Lord, to be those guys and gals who really love you with everything we have. And Father, I pray, Lord, that this world will be a better place because we shared you with somebody else. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Hey, folks, you're on Priority Talk, and if you want to join us on the radio, you can call in at 205-941-1011, 205-941-1011. Again, the call letters here are WXJC 101.1 FM, and we're on also the AM station called 850. So if you're driving around and you lose us on 101, tune over to 850, you might pick us up there or vice versa if, either way but it's good to be in the studio hey i'm excited 
I'm excited today. <clears throat> I've got an old friend and a new friend here, yeah. and this is great. I've got Michael Barber, who pastors um, uh, Mount Zion Free Will Baptist Church right, in Pell City. Mount Zion Free Will Baptist Church. Yeah. No, you yeah, said it's Free Meal Baptist Church. Free Meal Baptist. Free Meal That's Baptist right. Church. Whole different and, uh, denomination. Good stuff. Good. Good to have y'all, man. Y'all doing okay? Good we are doing very, very well. Good. Yeah. This is Doctor Michael Barber. Uh, I'll, I'll share that with y'all. He's Doctor Michael Barber. He was a superintendent for the Pell City School Systems for many years, and uh, a great, great help in the area there. Just did a great work of sowing God's seed. Still doing it. He and I get together every Tuesday at the Veterans Home, and uh, I get to hear them sing, and they got to put up with me preaching, and right. he'll amen and prod me every now and then to make sure I get it right. High point of my week. Yeah, it's I love fun, it. It? it? I really... love it. I love it. And then I got a new friend here with me. His name is Jonathan Murray, and Jonathan is at... Uh, Clay Ridge Baptist Church. No, Clearview, Clearview, Clearview Baptist, Baptist Church. Church. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I should have written that down. <laughs> so I get Clearview Baptist Church over in the Pinson area, Clay Pinson area. And uh, he is uh, also, uh, he's on staff there, but he's also uh, works with Man in the Mirror Ministries, uh, right. which um, I'll let him tell about that in just a moment or so. And, we, and Jonathan and I have had interesting conversations, as Mike and I has. We, we talked about our families a lot. Sure. And about how uh, God reaches our, our kids in great ways, and how we were able to watch our kids come to Christ, and and and, and what we're doing to do that. And um, I, I, let's just start there. Let's start there. How, what's it like being a dad, a dad that tries to reach your kids for Jesus? For me, you know, I was. Uh, I have two daughters. Of course, they're grown now, and I have uh, two wonderful grandsons now, and that. Well, that's a whole different world. And, yeah. Uh, I thank God for my family. Uh, greatest gift. Uh, you know, next to salvation, my wife, my kids, uh, it's everything. And, you know, it's the one job I knew. I've held so many different positions and jobs and everything. But the most important job mm-hmm. was being that dad and uh, just leading that example because I knew I was the example, um, the earthly example of the Heavenly Father. But yeah. I also knew that I would be the example of what my girls were going to look for in a husband. And to me, right. that was such a crucial piece. I wanted them to see that, hey, I'm not perfect, um, but at the same time, you know, I'm going to walk with God. Uh, your mother and I are going to be one. Uh, we are going to honor God with everything in our lives, our, our family, our home, uh, our service to God. And it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I tell my wife all the time, you know, I don't think that my girls could have married better men. And um, they were the men that God had put on the earth for them. Yeah. And uh, one went and found a, a mandolin player to boot. I mean, so that's just a, that's a bonus. <laughs> that made uh, it good. So yeah, but uh, it's the most important job. Being a dad is the most important job that that, that you can do. That's great. Uh, Absolutely I truly believe that. Uh, Michael, where you have two daughters, I have two sons, uh, aged eleven and sixteen, and absolutely one of my highest callings is yes. to be the father that God has called me to be. Uh, to those boys and to see them grow up to be um, to be strong godly men that's right uh, and and it's um it's a journey and it's a journey it's a it's a long walk in the same yeah. direction but uh, one that I'm growing in and and maybe I'll have it figured out by the time they've uh, graduated college and and they're on their own, so maybe I'll have all the uh, all the advice then so. well and and for me uh raising you know being around my grandsons i'm not raising them but uh but being around them as much as i possibly can be 
I just know that they're watching me as well. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's an awesome responsibility. Yeah. You know, being a pastor and a former youth pastor, which I still feel like I'm a, just a big youth pastor, I, I can remember giving invitations and invitations and invitations and sharing the gospel and sharing the gospel, and, and that's just what I do. That's what I enjoy doing. And your kids are sitting there. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really made me feel good they were they were with me. I really believe that my wife actually led all three of them to the Lord. I do know that Anna's the only one that really walked down without me knowing it. Uh, she came down the aisle and, and given her life to the Lord, and I was sitting there praying. I, I always, when I get through preaching, I come and pray, and people will join me as we pray. And sometimes they'll want me to come, you know, they'll sit by, stand by, or kneel by me to pray, or, or when I get through praying, I'll walk around and find them. But my daughter came and got up under my my arm, you know, and, and uh, I prayed with her salvation prayer. But, you know, Laurie, I, I know, helped uh, – with uh, Seth and with Luke some, and probably with Anna too. I just don't really know. But the neat thing is, is you model it and you and you live it, try to live it, and right. as as fallible as we are, mm-hmm. and and they still get it, you know. Yeah. And that's what make that's what's amazing to me how God can speak. I really have, I think it has a lot to do with God's word. Oh, I really do. Yeah, I think no His definitely. words what when you and I share the word of God, it just speaks to their hearts and speaks to mine. You know, that's how He got me. And it's really God doing the work, but praise God he can use us, you know. And, uh, you know, and your wife is such a, a tremendous part of that. You know, my wife uh, has prayed over our girls and still does, prays over our entire family, prays scripture over them. And uh, I'm just blessed with with most godly wife that a human being could possibly have. And Special. they had that role <laughs> model to go by. And I'm just proud of them. I, I'm proud of, the again, the, the men, the, the godly men that uh, – they have selected or god selected for them we prayed for their husbands long before they mm-hmm. met their husbands yep and i look back now and i just see that that perfect path that perfect hand of god that uh where they went to school they both went to the same college and uh god just had those guys waiting there yeah. for them and uh boy god's good oh yeah his ways are so so perfect he's perfect and mm. uh so yeah, it, you just don't. Being a dad too, you know, you you have this awesome responsibility to provide for your family and and do all of these things, but you can't miss the most important part, and that is sharing God with them. That's and, right. And sharing Christ with them, and then, you know, we minister to the veterans, and many of the veterans come over to the church, and, and sure. I have an opportunity to sit with them. And some of them are of that generation where men did not hug. They didn't touch each other. They didn't tell each other. I mean, that's yeah. the way their dads were. But they'll that's open the up to they, us but they do. because we start doing that Right. Them, and, and so they started, you know, sharing. And, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to be the dad that I, I pray over my kids whenever they leave my house. I, yeah. I, you know, we gather up, you know, if they're driving back down to Birmingham because one of my daughters and her husband, uh, they live in Birmingham. And. Man, we we huddle up, we pray, we share scriptures. Uh, they'll call in the middle of the night for prayer requests, and you know it's just wonderful. It's wonderful yeah. there, you know. But uh, but to know that I had all of that responsibility, but I did not, you know, you never want to forsake the most important responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting a new car for them, and it's not about getting a new phone for them. It is about sharing Jesus with them. That's right. And all that other stuff is great. All that other stuff's yeah. fine, but at the same time. Don't do that and miss the most important yeah. thing, and that is directing them to the cross right. of Christ. Amen. Because 
We're going to head on to a break real quick. That way it gives us a little bit more time in this next segment. That was a great segment, folks. Folks, if you're listening and want to call in and give your testimony about seeing people come to Christ, you call us at 205-941-1011. We're on Priority Talk, where Greg Davis is normally here, but he'll be back tomorrow. So tune in in just a moment. We'll be right back. Thanks. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit onepointusa.com. That's the number one pointusa.com. One Point USA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keetan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hey, this is Mark Merrill, also known as Johnny B. Bad, the Batman of World Championship Wrestling and also the uh, WWE Intercontinental Champion. You're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. It's a good day to be a bad man. This is Paul Brazier, and we're back with Priority Talk. And uh, we're back here with two folks in the studio here, Michael Barber and Jonathan Murray. And what a blessing it is. I've got a new friend and Jonathan, an old friend and Michael Barber. Are you that old, Michael? Well, maybe old, not. But you're still older than I am. I am older than you. That's you right. are. God, I'll remind you of that several Thank times today. I appreciate today, that, too. too. Yeah. All I got to do is look in the mirror, and I can, <laughs> I can see that. Anyway, but it's good to have you all with us. I want to talk a little bit about reaching men. And uh, one of the reasons is that you, you've probably seen the statistics for many, many years, and it still holds true from what I understand. If a man comes to know Jesus, and he is a husband and a dad, there's about a 90 to 95% chance that all the rest of the family will come to know Christ. If a woman comes to know Jesus, there's, there's about half, about 50% yeah. of the folks in the family will come to know Jesus. Um, if a child comes to know Jesus and all the rest of the family is not saved, there's about a 20% chance that all of them will come to know Jesus eventually. Um, and so that's a pretty hard and cold fa- uh, fact and a poll that's been taken for many, many years, and, uh, and it's out there. And Jonathan Murray is a part of a ministry called Man in the Mirror, and I'm going to let him talk about the founder and about uh, what he does and what they try to do. I do know that Man in the Mirror was a great book. It's also an interesting mm-hmm. song that Michael Jackson wrote. Yep. And I'm not, I think, 
I may be wrong, but I think Michael Jackson was inspired by the book, to be honest with you. Absolutely. That's, that's what we'll say anyway. <laughs> come on, we'll just, yeah. We'll just go good. with that. Sounds good. <laughs> they did uh, actually come out at about the same time, uh, believe it or not, but we're still not 100% sure which was first, the book or, uh, or the song. Uh, either way, yeah, I, I get to serve uh, as, a, as the area director uh, for Central Alabama. Uh, for Man in the Mirror. Man in the Mirror is, is basically, it's all about men's discipleship. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's no secret that, that men are struggling in some areas. Men are struggling, uh, especially when it comes to spiritual things. In fact, we know that, you know, for every 10 men in the church, when we look at the church, church guys, uh, 10 out of 10 struggle to balance work in the family, uh, workplace in the home. Uh, Nine out of 10 will have a child that will leave the church, at least for a time. Eight out of ten do not find any satisfaction in what they do as a job for their work. It's a, it's a daily grind, living, living for the weekend. Six out of ten are, are covered up in debt, playing, paying um, monthly minimum payments on, on credit cards. Five out of ten men in the church have a major problem with pornography. Uh, four out of ten will see their marriage uh, end in divorce. Um, and only one out of ten, this is the one that gets me, only one out of ten men in the church have what we would call a truly biblical worldview. Uh, and when we look at all those statistics, you can't help but ask us, like, what is the solution? How do we, how do we, how do we, how do we get after this? How do we attack it? And, and uh, you know, I believe biblically that, that you look at it and it, discipleship is the key. We have to disciple our way out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what I get to do as an area director is, is come alongside of pastors and men's leaders uh, in the local church throughout the area uh, and help them create a discipleship pathway for all of their men. Uh, so when I look at my role, I consider myself kind of as a guide or a coach or, uh, you know, some may even use consultant um, to be able to come in and just help kind of look and see what's going on uh, and how can we make uh, those processes, that system, how can we make it a little more uh, efficient. And we really do that in three ways. Uh, when we look at our kind of our purpose statement, number one is serving pastors. Uh, one of the, the latest Barna surveys uh, that was released says that, that two in five pastors over the past two years, two in five pastors, 30, uh, I think it was 38%, have considered, seriously considered quitting uh, the ministry mm-hmm. and walking away. Uh, when you go below 45 years of age, if a pastor's under, under 45, that number jumps to 46%. Wow. Uh, have considered, seriously considered quitting the ministry. Um, Barna also has some characteristics that they use to measure the health or the well-being of a pastor. And in using and looking at those five or six uh, characteristics, they've determined that only one in three pastors are what they would rank as healthy uh, in their well-being. So being able to come alongside of a pastor and just be a support, be a servant, be uh, someone that, that they know is in their corner, that they can be honest with and kind of pour out their heart to and will listen and and I don't, you know, I don't know anybody in their congregation, so I'm not going to go and share everything. Right. So I be mm-hmm. able to be that serve uh, sure. servant uh, to that pastor. So being able to serve pastors, we also train leaders. Uh, one of the key components of the the process or the the strategy that we employ is is developing that leadership team uh, and training those leaders to really to be a model to the rest of the church of what you want to see the men become and how you want to see the men grow. Uh, well, one of the ways we do that is what we call our No Man Left Behind training. We actually had that this past weekend here in the Birmingham area. Had 12 guys representing five churches and four different denominations uh, all together. Wow. 
uh, it was just a really an incredible dynamic uh, and being able to to share stories across the board of what's working what's not working and how can we can be get better at, at reaching our men and then ultimately it's about seeing men's lives transform seeing guys growing in Christ coming to know the Lord and then growing in their walk uh, with him so that they can be sure. uh, husbands and dads that they need to be in order to reach uh, reach yeah. their families. And well, your leadership training was very well, uh, very good. I, I know that. And, of course, you've been great to me, serving me. But the, our leadership, we had two from our leadership team come mm-hmm. and go be with you guys. Yeah. And they, they came back just excited. They really were excited about it. And I really appreciate the work y'all do. And they, awesome. Folks, they do this stuff for, for folks and just don't ask for anything. They just say, come on, join us. And, right. and they'll sit down. they got all kind of training tools and videos and things that guys can go. Well, like, you know, Michael, you and I talk sure. a lot about our churches together and pray with each other and for each other, and we kind of sharpen each other. Well, that's what they're doing. They're getting folks together to kind of help that happen a little bit more. Right. And, uh, and then then all of a sudden you're not in church competition you're you're helping each other out Absolutely. you're cheering for each oh, other yeah. we're on the same it's a really side. good thing right mm-hmm. well and and coming from an early childhood elementary uh, background in education so many and i was listening to um whether you voted for tommy tuberville or not he i was at a an event where he was speaking and, and he was giving some just staggering statistics about uh, the number of children out there and the percentage that, that don't have dads at home. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, but I could just watch the people around me whenever he said that. And and it's, it was just an aha moment for, for so many people yeah. that our families are broken. Yeah. And, you know, where I see this working so well is that not only are you training men in the church, but I'm just going to say this, but they have such an impact on those those children in the church. Mm-hmm. And for me... Um, my RA director, for me, um, the the guys who did the youth choir, and how important it was to have those role models. Because my dad really stepped up and, and became just on fire for God later in his life. Yeah. And so I needed that. So you see, mm-hmm. training that, that group of men. That sharpening exactly. is a sure. really good thing, and uh, I I just think it's important. And and for y'all to do that, and this you said three ways surf pastors leadership training team let's go to the break in just a moment or so and then we'll come back and get number three and then rehash a little bit more maybe some of our callers will call in at 205-941-1011 and we'll be back on priority talk in just a little bit thank you College football is back. The UAB Blazers and the Alabama A&M Bulldogs are taking the field in Birmingham's college football kickoff on Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. The Blazers and the Bulldogs kick off at 7 p.m., but the action will be going on all day at Uptown. Be there to start your college football season in style. Tickets start at just $20. Grab your seats today at UABsports.com. It's the Blazers versus the Bulldogs Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. Tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. UAB football, win is one. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... We're back on Priority Talk 101.1 FM. If you want to call in 
and talk with us. 205-941-1011. I have Michael Barber and Jonathan Murray in the studio with us. And we left off our last segment with Jonathan telling us about uh, the Man in the Mirror ministry, which he is an area director. And he said they're, they've got three things they actually try to do for churches and Christian churches and Christian men. And that's one, serve their pastors. Two, uh, have uh, develop their training and leadership team or train their leadership team. And then I'm going to let him tell you about three because we haven't got there yet. So I thought I'd transition easily to that. Is that can that work with us? That was, a, that was a fantastic transition. There you go. <laughs> great segue. I love it. Great yes. segue. Greg is great. Great right. segue. He's doing great, Greg. He's doing great. Uh, the third thing is, is simply transforming men. It's, it's the discipleship aspect, seeing men uh, become disciples of Christ who lead others to become disciples of Christ. And when we look at, at kind of in the world of men, we know that there are really three things, two main things, but then there's a third thing that when you have a guy that's growing to keep him growing. Number one, uh, of course, is the study, the diligent, the regular study of God's Word, getting in the Word of God. Uh, the second thing is in authentic relationships with other Christian men. Yeah. And so often that's missed. You know, when you, you look at men, when we have issues, we tend to isolate. We love to, to go to our man cave and, and kind of isolate away because we're supposed to be able to handle our problems on our own. That's what we think anyway. But, uh, but really that authentic relationship with other Christian men is absolutely crucial to keep a guy growing, challenged in his faith, moving forward. Uh, a guy that's not afraid to get into his face and, and, and tell him, you know, hey, what's going on? Ask him the hard questions. And then the third thing is is uh, finding a place to serve. And it's not necessarily adding something else to a man's busy schedule already, but men tend to grow shoulder to shoulder. So if you've got men that are serving together side by side, uh, that is a that is a key part of the puzzle to help men continue growing. The study of God's Word uh, authentic relationships with other men and a place to serve uh, it's going to see that man man be growing and so when we reach in when we start to serve these pastors and train these leaders we want to see these guys begin to move forward yes uh, we have a, a a strategy a comprehensive strategy called the no man left behind model uh, that we like to teach and train on uh, and and it simply is to to get guys moving forward in their faith and then capturing that momentum and continuing the process of seeing them grow uh, as they as they walk with the Lord. Wow, that's good stuff. And I, I heard you say um, the the three things under transforming men that you mentioned, um, and all three of those things to me, it pretty much can be summed up with what you're trying to do is give a man in the, give a man in his relationship with God a purpose, a purpose with God and with others and to others. You know, right. we, we can't really be responsible for somebody. Uh, but we can be responsible to them, and then they've got to be responsible for themselves yeah. before the Lord. But but that's where authentic relationships come in, right? And uh, and we all have a purpose with each other. That's good stuff. Now, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, and have you come out and speak, um, what's the kind of information we need to give them, and, and how to point them? Absolutely. Probably the easiest way is is by my email, okay. uh, and that is maninthemirror dot org. Uh, let me rephrase that. That's my web page. Okay. My, uh, my email is Jonathan Murray. Okay, Jonathan Murray. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. Didn't realize there were so many ways to spell Jonathan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have seen it in a lot of different ways. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, at maninthemirror.org. That is my email. That's probably the easiest way to get me. Uh, and, um, yeah, okay. would love to... 
I, I'm a big coffee drinker. Love to sit down over a cup of coffee <laughs> and just talk about how things are going uh, either at your church, with your group, or, or, yeah, just love to get to know you better. Jonathan, what about men that, you know, with COVID, we all, I, I don't want to make a blanket statement that we all, but some men did not make it back. Yeah. yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, how do you... How are you reaching out, um, and what's what's such a? I mean, without just offending, um, because you know we've all been back in, and and you know we've lost you know uh, a few men out there. Sure. We're talking about not leaving any men behind, and I think that's something that that a lot of pastors are struggling with right now. That um, you know, for you me, it was not a, a large number, but uh, what do you you know? Are you are you addressing that, or, or do you hear some of the pastors? We do. I mean, we we absolutely hear the hear the concerns, and and you know, it's it's across the board, especially for pastors. I just want to say, hey, you're not alone. Uh, it's not an isolated event. It's not just your church, but all churches are are struggling to get those guys to come back. And and I really think maybe part of that puzzle is those authentic relationships sure. and that personal invitation, reaching out to them. Um, you know, and, and I've even heard it heard it this way. When you look at the different types of men, and, and you know, you have cultural Christians, which which are guys that, um, you know, nominal name only kind of Christians. They're just their their walk is just not deep yet. It wasn't developed. That that a lot of those are who were who were missing. Yeah. And uh, being able to reach out to them, and, and I think it is just consistency, and those relationships are key. Yeah, I think keywords relationship. I mean, you know, when you sit back and don't develop a relationship, you get out of the habit of having one, and you'll right. have it with only those yeah. you're around, and and you might be even fearful of even reaching out to other folks. And then some folks use it as, as an excuse. Yeah. I don't have that responsibility anymore, and you know, I made it okay. I I listened to some church on TV, and right. I'm an all right person, and. It's not about you being all right. It's about you being in a right way with Jesus. That's what the word righteousness means, is a right way with Jesus and walking with him and in faith and and in love with, uh, with the rest of the church. Well, and, and church is, is, to me, whether it's on Wednesday night or Sunday morning or Sunday night uh, or whenever I get to see Paul at the Veterans Home on Tuesday, it's... Uh, or maybe a steak meal one day. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> but it's a family reunion to me. I mean, yeah. it, it is. It's it a is. celebration. Whenever, you know, and... You know, we do enter into his uh, gates with thanksgiving and, you know, just gates with praise. I mean, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things. There's house, it, and for me, it's an exciting time. Yeah. And and I love it. I, and I worry about those who, who haven't, you know, and, and being a shepherd, you you don't want to leave them out there. I mean, because it's, it's important. You need that support. And I worry about that spiritual walk. I worry about yeah. that, that state for their families as well. Yeah. Uh, and so I just wanted to, to pick your brain on that because right. um, I know we're not the only ones that deal with that. I, yeah, um, you and I have spoken of that several mm-hmm. times. And I would, I, you know, if I, if I didn't have my church family, you know, you hear that all the time. Yeah. But if I didn't have my church family, I, I you know, gosh, I love being there. I love right. my church yeah. family. I, somebody said it best, and I, I've stolen it from them. I have two havens: one at home and one at church. Yeah. And that's, I just yeah. love both those places. You know, I, I was telling our deacons, we have a monthly deacons meeting, and um, we met last Sunday. And I told them, I said, you know, when you and I walk into a room, uh, whether it be a committee meeting or whether it be a Sunday school class or whether it be worship, peace of God ought to flow with us. Yeah. We, they, they ought to know that everything's going to be all right. When you and I walk into a room, people need to know that we've been walking with God 
that things are going to work out regardless of what's going on yeah. in their lives. It's going to be fine. They've got somebody they can pray with. And if, even if they're at odds with each other in a committee meeting or something like that, yeah. your, your walk with God ought to precede you. And when you come in there, yeah. it's going to get settled in a godly way and in a right way. And so and we talked about that, about how important it is. Well, how do you get there? Well, you get there because you've been in God's Word. You've been praying. You really care about each other. And it's not about looking at the problem and seeing a person as a problem. You, you know, you, we don't struggle with flesh and blood. Right. And we struggle with other things, mm -hmm. with the principalities and all these other things that the Scriptures mention. And I said, what we need to do is go in there and, and deal with what's out there and, uh, and love the person. And, 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 and So how do you develop that? Well, man in the mirror is one of the ways right. to do it, you know. Sure. Yeah. Man in the mirror and getting guys together, getting a strong leadership team. Uh, and all that that's that's just good stuff yeah Man, we're to bury each other yeah. i mean right. yeah. that's <laughs> yeah there's a yeah. reason for that i mean but yeah. but we are to bury each other and, and be united and mm. you know we're the example to the world out there as well and so um the mm. world looks at the church yeah. but how many churches are you working with right now or through the last year right now um kind of how we we categorize churches the churches that we're working more more um closely with i've got about 17 churches that i would call an action plan church yeah. that are making progress moving forward uh with the uh with the strategy and then as far as relationship development and and you know trying to reach out to the pastors and, and build those relationships i've probably got close to 100 uh that i'm reaching out to that's fantastic so, wow uh, so but that's good work you know and, and there's there's room for more that's what i wanted to to you know just kind of close out my part with is is to say that you know, if you're a pastor or a men's leader, I would, again, going back to the cup of coffee, would love to have a cup of coffee with you. Uh, I'm supported by a, a group of partners. So uh, your church, regardless of the budget or the size, doesn't owe me anything uh, to be able to sit down and talk with you uh, and and would, would love to show you the strategy. It's not a curriculum. It's not a book. It's not a magic bullet. But we'd love to sit down and, and show you the strategy of, of what we do to reach men. That's good stuff. This is Jonathan Murray, and he's with Man in the Mirror uh, Ministries. And uh, if you want to reach him, you can reach him by email. Just type in Jonathan Murray at maninthemirror.org. Or if you want to just check out their website, it's called maninthemirror.org. Just go to the website at maninthemirror.org, and you can see what's going on there. Been to it already, seen it a few times. And I know Jonathan would love to talk with you and work with you and work with your men at your church. I appreciate what you're doing, brother, and I've what enjoyed the times work. we've eaten together. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, what what absolutely. Work. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me in. I've enjoyed it. It's been a blessing. We're going to head on over to the break now. We're right about the middle ways, middle segment here, and y'all come back with us. If you got any other questions you want to ask us, call in. We're talking about winning people to Jesus, starting with the men, and then also starting with our women and starting with our children as they grow up. We're trying to reach people with the gospel of Christ, and that's what we're talking about, and that's what this whole show is going to center around on. Well, y'all come back and join us on Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. From website changes, PPC, SEO, SEM, branding, social media, brochures, and everything in between. The marketing landscape is vast and full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team that will save you time and money, all while building a traditional and digital foundation for your business. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com.
This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Hi everyone, I'm Gretchen Carlson, host of The Real Story with Gretchen Carlson on Fox News and author of Getting Real. You are listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. This is Paul Brazier on Priority Talk. I'm filling in for Greg Davis today, who's all over the state of Alabama with Al Cap. But the illustrious Greg Davis will be back tomorrow, so y'all tune in tomorrow for sure. And uh, also, also in the studio today, we have two illustrious guys here. That's, wow. that's my word for this segment. Illustrious. illustrious. Yeah, wow. y'all are shining. Take that Jesus. dictionary away and, from that uh, man. Yeah, we got Michael Barber, and uh, we've got uh, Brother Jonathan Murray from Man the Mirror, and you've heard most yeah. of John, what Jonathan was going to say. If you want to call in and ask him some questions this segment, now would be a good time, uh, 205-941-1011. And uh, we've been having a good time talking about men's ministry and how to reach people for Jesus. And, and let's start with the guys on that, and that's what we did. And then we're going to talk about how we were reached in just a little bit. And Brother Michael's going to share about his book in a moment. But, Michael, you had something you wanted to, to share with Jonathan and with our, our, call, our listening audience. Well, you know, in listening to Jonathan and, and what a work he's doing and, and how important it is in reaching me and reaching the leaders of families and the church. And we know church leadership, that's that's the, the role. And so, but uh, I've seen even in my own denomination where some churches just don't exist anymore. They, um, they're no longer there yeah. because the trend is uh, attendance is down uh, and membership is down in so many. And uh, I'm fortunate at my church, I know you're fortunate at your church, but I see so many churches that are struggling, and, and I would encourage people, reach out to Jonathan. Reach out uh, to to stop that trend, to, to close that gate yeah. um, where the sheep are getting out. And, and this is something that would definitely help because uh, so many churches are, are just on that precarious spot. And uh, I know whenever I was studying numbers for our denomination in the state uh, several years back, by the time I finished that study, uh, a couple of those churches were, were gone. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and and you might be surprised if you drive around on Sundays, uh, or not that we do, but sometimes you'll see churches and there are just so few cars there, and you just wonder how how are they do how are they hanging on and and so this is a resource and Jonathan's right. resource and I'm gonna bring him out. Uh, we're gonna have us a, a 
I'm gonna get a meal out of him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, again, uh, I'm all about those free meals. Uh, but I'll play you a song. How about that? So, that works for me. And, Sounds good. Um, but you know, I encourage people. You know, yeah. man, take advantage. Take advantage. What, what a what a great resource that sure. he and, and Man in the Mirror provide. And you know, a lot of folks don't realize this, but there are a lot of churches, and I know several churches that literally blamed their numbers uh, on uh, on the pastor more than they did COVID. And uh, is but. To me, man in the mirror says, hey, guys, let's get to know each other. Let's get right. out of our fearful selves and let's come out and, and, and not be fearful of, of each other or of some sicknesses out there. Let's do the right thing and right. get out and be with each other. Men need men. and, yeah, and Absolutely. You know, we, we have a fellowship <clears throat> once a month, and we have a couple of young men that are taking over the cooking from the older guys. And some of the older guys come in and said, it's such an inspiration to see. So even if you're a young man, don't think that you don't have a tremendous impact yeah. on some of the older guys. Because when they see you stepping up, man, it just it – just, it just strengthens them, yeah. and they get excited about what they're doing as well. Yeah. So it, men need men, and, and mm-hmm. that's a generation, generation to generation. And and this generation, the younger generation, might need the older generation, but the older generation, man, we need yeah. the younger people too because we feed off of their energy. Yeah, I tell you, you you bring up a, a, a great point, and there's a actually a brand new initiative that that is actually releasing this fall from Man in the Mirror. It's called Ten Thousand Spiritual Fathers. And uh, one of the things that we, we were hearing across the board uh, from a lot of churches is that the older men know that they're supposed to be making disciples. Yes. But what we kept hearing was, where do I start? How do I, how do, I do that? Yeah. And, um, you know, I know a lot of pastors probably pulling their hair out saying, well, that's what I've been trying to teach you for the past, yeah. you know, 30 years. But, <laughs> um, but what, we're, what we're doing with 10,000 spiritual fathers is, is really to raise up 10,000 men who are equipped and and ready to to take on another man uh, to to disciple him to do life with him and to teach and to learn and to listen uh, and to hopefully because so many churches are missing that age 20 to age 40 group yeah. Yeah. Uh, of men and so you know one of the ways that we're we're kind of attacking that is through the 10,000 spiritual fathers and and it's critical yeah yeah that's uh, now, I know you've talked to our folks about that already I believe and and I really hope and pray we will jump on that one because that's our men's ministry started because some of our younger men said, you know, our older guys are getting older and they've got a lot of wisdom and we really need it because we're not we're having a hard time parenting and absolutely and being the guys we're called to be for our wives. And, absolutely. And so that's how our ministry started at, at the church. And we got several of us on fire and just it's just been a blessing to watch and and to see the response from the older guys go. Yeah. They need me. Yeah. You know, and and to me that ten thousand spiritual fathers would fit perfectly for us. Our twenty you know, to thirty year olds, our 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 new newly married young families, they're hungry. They're yeah. hungry to, to get that experience, to, to tap into that wisdom. Yeah. Uh, and and what we're hoping to do is to be able to provide that connecting point and put them together. And, and men today, they have so much pulling them. I mean, I know people uh, we're in radio land and, and you can't see us but paul and i are obviously um older than than <laughs> yeah, Jonathan. that's right but you know i wish you quit bringing that up <laughs> <you know? laughs> but the but these younger men have so much that yeah. uh is pulling and tugging at them and mm-hmm. um just areas that that you can fall that you know we just never would have even i mean come on when we came along the internet tape. didn't even exist a lot of so. red tape in their lives too yeah. a lot more than we had a lot of red tape you, know, you think about all those things that we felt like we had to have in order to be seen a certain way or do certain yeah. things and 
all you need is that Bible that's and, it, and, and faith, that's it. and you can be the man Come on. for your wife and the yeah. man for your kids and for your church family. All the answers are in there. It doesn't right. matter what yeah. you're wearing. What matters no. is who you're wearing is your spiritual that's right. And another thing with these younger guys is they're not looking for someone who's perfect. They're not looking for someone who has every answer, yeah. but they are looking for someone that will help them, walk along with them, and say, Hey, let's show me how to do life. Yeah, show me yeah. how to how this works. And and I love that the service piece is there as well. Because yeah. once you get excited about serving, that you're part of the body of Christ, that you're, you know, yoked with him. Yeah. Um, there's accountability there, but there's also that joy there. I, and I'll never forget we travel around, we have a string band and Paul's <laughs> laughing They're because fun. we are we are just the hillbillies, we're the the crazy hillbilly cousins up the road. <laughs> but I remember I had a, an 80-year-old gentleman play music with us, and he said, if I'd known that serving God was this much fun and this enjoyable, and, and, and I could have gone and done things with, with y'all, I would have done this right sure. from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and that spoke to me. I mean, he was, he was in his 80s, yeah. and he was yeah. on fire, and he was going. I mean, wherever we were at, and, and we miss him terribly. But, but that was such a profound statement for him that he said, had I known that serving God and the, the abilities that he gave me, the unique gift that he gave me, um, and I could use it, it's been wonderful. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and that was such a great thing to be able to share when, when we did his service because it is wonderful. Sure it is. It is wonderful. And so that peace, that that mentorship and the Bible study and the connections, but that yeah. service piece, man, you got to go to work. Yeah. You know, right. and it's great. Yeah, you got a job to do. you got a purpose. That's right. Got a purpose. That's right. There's a plan for you. Mm-hmm. He planned you with a plan that's right and that's what we always you know we that's know right. that yeah he, he planned us with a purpose and and all things if you're following your purpose everything's going to work out for the good that's right that's what that's what it says you're called according to his purpose so what, what a blessing it is and folks if you're listening in this has been a blessing already to me and it gets me excited because uh men sharpening men's a big deal uh, men don't do that much anymore matter of fact we don't do it much anymore because if you turn on the tv we're being made fun of mm-hmm. uh you know, if you look at any sitcom the kids are the smartest and oh, mom is a little next and, right. yeah and then they're mm-hmm. then the guys are just some oaf that just doesn't have a clue that's right. you know yeah. and so uh and that's the way a lot of folks see their families you know and so uh it's so important that we put back the right role the way it should be and put us in our place where we're supposed to be and some men have got to step up and get over their fear and take that role that's right and be that person and uh so let's uh let's get ready to go to a break and y'all come back at the top of this next hour Uh, after the top of the next hour we're going to get into mike's michael's book called vegetables for sale and basically it's going he's going to tell us how he was reached uh, uh, with the gospel of Christ. And that's going to be a blessing. Uh, so y'all come back and join us uh, in just a little bit, and we'll be back with that. See you on Priority Talk.
college football is back. The UAB Blazers and the Alabama A&M Bulldogs are taking the field in Birmingham's college football kickoff on Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. The Blazers and the Bulldogs kick off at 7 p.m., but the action will be going on all day at Uptown. Be there to start your college football season in style. Tickets start at just $20. Grab your seats today at UABsports.com. It's the Blazers versus the Bulldogs Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. Tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. UAB football. Win is one. Overnight tonight on this Thursday night will drop to near 70, mostly cloudy, the chance for passing shower storm overnight. And then on Friday, the risk of rain a bit lower, still the chance for a few scattered storms. Otherwise, temperatures top again in the upper 80s. Look for the rain chance to remain around 30% for the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Not going to rain everywhere. Highs close to 90. Overnight lows will drop into the lower 70s Friday night. On WVUA 23, Chief Meteorologist Richard Scott with your forecast on this Crawford Broadcasting Station. The views and opinions expressed throughout the day are those of the participant and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting Management or sponsors. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, folks, this is Paul Brazier on 101.1 FM Priority Talk. And Greg Davis is out today. He will be back uh, tomorrow, and he's out uh, doing his cap duties all over the state of Alabama, uh, getting the word out so that our legislators and our people will know where they need to vote and what they need to talk about and how they need to line up with God's Word. So real proud of Greg. In the studio today with me is Michael Barber, and he will be taking over for me in just a moment. And uh, he is with us, and dear friend of mine, we go back a long ways, at least 23 years, at least that long, maybe longer than that. And um, we got together many, many years ago. Uh, he is in the school system, and I was with First Priority Ministries uh, doing work in the school system. Uh, having starting Bible clubs in the school system. They're really evangelistic clubs in the school system. And Pell City was where he was at. And uh, I got involved with them at that point in time. And he did a club, I did a club, and then we did some things together and saw a bunch of young folks get saved. And now he's written a book about how God has reached him. And uh, a child, he says, it's called Vegetables for Sale. It's a picture of him with overalls. I love the picture, by the way. Well, I appreciate cool. that. And uh, it says, A Child's Discovery of Redemption uh, in the American South. And, uh, and I want to read to you. You know, everybody has a, when they, when they write a book, they um, have a forward kind of thing that says, you know, this is dedicated to so-and-so or whatever. And his simply says, For my beautiful northern wife, who married a man who despises sugar in his cornbread, turnip greens with stems, banana pudding without bananas, and cream of wheat. I love you with all my heart, always have and always will. Thank you for loving cheese grits, bacon grease, real butter, and me. You're the greatest gift I've ever been given on earth and one of the greatest southern cooks to grace a kitchen. You and your oven are why I greet each day with a smile and why our children come home to visit. 
I think that's a great, great um, uh, testimony to your love for your wife, Legay. What a special person. And the preface is pretty good, too. But to me, when I read that, I cracked up, especially uh, uh, her loving cheese grits, bacon grease, and real butter. So... Michael, this is your book, man. What? Yeah. Tell me, start me off with it. Well, you know, the introduction, uh, Legay and I have uh, been married 36 years. We dated four years prior to that, So, and I'm only 29, so we've been together yeah, you know, right. all that's of right. our lives. Uh, she is my partner. She's my buddy. She's she's everything. And yeah. uh, when I, I think about Legay, I mean, God just had a plan. She was born up in Illinois. My dad was in the Coast Guard down uh, serving in Panama City. And God put us in Pale City so that we could meet and fall in love and, and start a family and, and have our entire life there. Our church that I pastor is there. I was a superintendent there. And uh, so God has just, just blessed us abundantly. And uh, she's a blessing to me. But, you know, with her, there were some things that we had to adjust, uh, you know, when we got married, just like everything else. And oh, so when we got married, uh, you know, I do not like sugar in my cornbread. I don't like any of those things. <laughs> Legay had to, to learn how to cook Southern, which normally means lard and bacon and, and everything else and plenty of butter. I remember when we first got married, though, uh, she did not know that the turnip greens had to be washed one leaf at a time. And, boy, you know, I'm glad she learned that because I got to the bottom of the bowl and, man, there was so much dirt and mud at the bottom of that bowl. Uh, I would not have teeth in my head. They would have ground down by now. But, you know, that's that's marriage, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. learning and um, adjusting and everything else. And yeah. I tell you what, uh, again, I've been blessed beyond measure. And uh, so the book, uh, just uh, I just felt like I needed to start with, with the introduction. To her. And, and let me just say this. You know, we were talking about uh, during the break about marriages and, and, you know, how families and the church, the numbers are basically the same, you know, from yeah. divorce in the church and outside of. And I know this doesn't have anything to do with the book, but I'm amazed at how many women have reached out and said, you know, I love the book, but I love how much you love your wife. Yeah. And and that just has resonated. I've had, yeah, I've mm-hmm. had people that have sent me messages uh, because there is contact information with the book. And, you know, that, you know, if, I guess if I did anything right, um, you know, I I just let the world know that I'm, I love my wife. You know, my dad uh, said for the last three or four years, he said, you know, Paul, there's not many folks that's just kind in the world today. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you see that with men and women. Yeah. You know, the the women that you've had the feminist movement and it's made ladies a little less. It, some ladies made them a little bit colder. And, yeah. and the men's movement trying to give them some space. And so when they yeah. back up and give them some space, mm-hmm. it's made that kind of colder. And yeah. so there's not a, a freshness or a warmth there anymore like there used to be yeah. between men and women. And um, at least I don't think there is. Well, and in yeah. the book, somebody said, well, why isn't there a picture of you? There's normally a picture of the author in the book. Um because Legay's a lot better looking than I am, and so uh, so her picture is is in the book, and there are a few pictures. But uh, I saw some half pictures. Of yeah, you. well, that's because Legay and I have this uh, thing that we take terrible selfies, and <laughs> normally um, somebody's face is always cut off. So those are actual selfies that we've tried to make, that's good stuff. where she was actually uh, in the picture and I wasn't, and so that's that's a great thing because I have a face for radio, and we know that. If I had your hair though, I'd be a TV evangelist. Well, I, I still got the face for radio though. That's yeah. Well, well you hair, know, but, but you have quiet. the hair for Southern gospel. You really do. And I, I know a lot. I pastor an old-timey church, and 
uh, you know, we still do the, the Southern Gospel and the hymns and all that good yeah. stuff. But, but but you've got the hair for it. You know, oh, yeah, it, I, yeah. I would be a Southern Gospel singer or at least TV evangelist. Like one back. or the you other, that's what I would do. So. Well, let me share one thing about the book that I think is really neat. And I'm not going to tell any stories because you may want to tell some of them already. But, uh, but I'll, I'll just give them a clue. Audience, we're talking about Michael Barber's book, Dr. Michael Barber's book, Vegetables for Sale. A Child's Discovery of Redemption in the American South. And here's some of the contents, the table of contents. The Demise of Daddy's Pontiac. Yeah. Uh, my daddy had a Pontiac. That's, that ought to be a fun one for folks that hadn't read it already. The Prodigal Dog Crispy. The Defilement of Mother Pearl's Kitchen. The Gathering of Grandma in the Garden. The Diplomat Named Bubba. Everybody's got to have a diplomat named yeah. Bubba. The Sunday shooting, I can only imagine. You know, I know that one already too. The gift of blue pearls, and then there's something about the author. So uh, that that is a. If this book doesn't make you smile and give you something heartwarming and put you back on the straight and narrow, uh, your wood's wet, and you probably need to listen <laughs> a little bit longer, read it two or three more times. It's yeah. a really good book. Well, Paul, I appreciate that. It's a it's a simple read. It's a quick read because yeah. it was designed to to reach men. But again, God's ways are, are higher than our ways. Uh, it's been a gift book. Uh, there have been companies, and of course, you know, and I'll talk a little bit about where you can get that in a minute, but. But I'm amazed the the group of people that it has reached and uh, our veterans, some of our older yeah. men, but also uh, ladies buy it. They've they bought it. There are stories about mom in there, and you can't tell a Just southern a, story without your mom or your grandma or your dog. I that's mean, right. Uh, or the fear of your dad and and the terrible things that you did growing up. But each one of those stories has at its meaning uh, the story of redemption, of yeah. forgiveness, of uh, restoration, of mercy and grace. And the reason what really started the book. I had these stories, and they're invitation stories. Now, if you don't know what an invitation story is, now I, I pastor a country church, yeah. and they need to um, read it and get well. And, and, and yeah, <laughs> well, Legay told me he said, you know, you need to kind of drop that country because you know I can kind of get down there uh, a little bit. But I had gone out to the maximum security prison to run a revival out years ago uh, at the invitation of uh, a gentleman, and so when I got out there, they let me go back and, and preach. And when I was talking about mercy and grace and, and those topics, I, I was having a hard time really connecting yeah. uh, with, with those guys. And I thought, you know, Jesus told stories, uh, the invitation stories, and, and there's scripture throughout the book, but but it's yeah. not a preachy book. Yeah. And that's the thing about it. I didn't want to come across as, you know, the kind of the hard hand and look we we need that don't get me oh, wrong yeah. but but i knew but that this is real that somebody would pick it up and, and read personal. it and i had a guy that pulled up in my driveway the other day and uh his wife I, it's a strange thing he said you know this is the first book that he's read since um high school and uh and, and this was an older gentleman and that just that kind of stuff really means something to me that yeah. uh, it's reaching just different audiences and it's yeah. made it around the world now it, i was seeing it on the internet and uh had to ask someone uh, one was in japanese one was in swedish i don't even you know i don't even know if they translated anything correct on any of that um but you know it, it's amazing to me someone called me and said well you know they're carrying it at barnes and noble and i didn't know that i mean i, I don't know what the book is doing to be honest with you there's yeah. a a great store, <clears throat> Alabama Goods, over in Homewood, that, um, and in Huntsville, and you know they've just kind of fallen in love with it, and and so it's it's just finding its way. Yeah, uh, we never did a book launch. We never meant to launch it. I, yeah. I just had a good number of speaking engagements, and you know if you're a speaker and you're going out and speaking, you need a book. <laughs> and so yeah. I thought, well, this is a good time this to works. do that. Yeah, and so 
then COVID hit. So the book kind of went its own way. Yeah. And my speaking engagements kind of, you know, hit the, the brakes there. And so they're kind of building back up. Uh, yeah. You know, I was speaking today at... I'm a free meal Baptist, and I was eating. Uh, free meal, yeah, playing the guitar and uh, eating with a group today, um, to my friends the Omega Group at Cropwell Baptist. But all that being said, I do know that God has a plan for that book because yes, it does. has just reached uh, people in the testimonials that uh, people have sent back, and, and to Him, all the glory goes. Yeah. You know, I started off the show. I'm not with, an author. I mean, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> not hey, at all. Hey, man, but you haven't you. God's given you a story to tell, a testimony to share, you know, and, and just like I, when I started off, you know, the scripture that I read earlier, you know, who do you say that I am? Well, this right. book gives a snippet about yeah, sure. how Christ reached a young boy and changed his life and, yeah. and gave him something, gave him a hope and a purpose and a calling and a, and a real heavenly father. You know, a lot of moms have bought that book um, for their sons. Uh, wives about it for their husbands but then they yeah. they and then they want one for their themselves and that's fine too but yeah. you know there are people that have become resistant um you know and this book just kind of you know i had a guy tell me i took it to my deer stand with me i don't come down <laughs> from morning till the evening and so you know during my break and i'm thinking well you're not hunting much if you're taking a break but he read the book while he was in the deer stand yeah uh but there have been people that have become resistant and you know you know when you approach them that they've just had whatever experience they want to blame it on whoever and i'm not going down that road yeah. but um you can have a bad experience and but this book kind of steers them back yeah and so it's been a great tool to to reach folks um those guys yeah. at the prison it was uh you know those stories worked there yeah. as well and so it's not a denominational thing because you no. know we were laughing in the last month of days i've been with the episcopal church uh, the methodist church the southern <laughs> baptist church the free will baptist church and um and then people everywhere it's and open doors it has opened really doors open some great doors yeah you know you can't have anything without forgiveness you can't have a relationship with your family or your wife or a job but you know you can't get to heaven without forgiveness That's and this right. book is a That's great right. story on forgiveness and redemption hey let's go to the break right now and brother michael is going to be uh driving the rest of the way through on priority talk and y'all call in and <laughs> ask him questions about the book or maybe you've read the book and you want to make some comments 205-941-1011 call us folks and we're going to the break right now thanks Something good is about to happen. Bill Gaither and the Gaither Vocal Band are coming to Birmingham, Shades Mountain Baptist, Thursday, September 8th. Get ready for legendary harmonies, laughter, and encouragement. All in one unforgettable night, Thursday, September 8th. Featuring special guests Lady Love Smith, Kevin Williams, and Gene McDonald. Coming Thursday, September 8th at Shades Mountain Baptist. Tickets available now at Gaither.com. Sponsored by Phil the Gap Concerts, a premier production. Hear about what's happening in the world from a biblical point of view with the National Crawford Roundtable podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more and online at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Are you retired or nearing retirement and concerned about how you're going to replace your lost income once you're no longer working? Are you potentially facing a layoff and not sure if you've got enough money to last? What are you going to do about the fact that taxes are on sale? If you are working, how much longer do you need to work? What lifestyle is sustainable once you retire? Hi, this is Tad Hill, the host of the Retire with Freedom radio show, and our retirement planning process answers all of these questions. 
And right now we are hosting a free retirement course that walks you through exactly how to answer these questions for yourself and your family. I strongly encourage you to get registered for the next course by calling or texting 205-988-0006, 205-988-0006. That's 988-0006. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. This is Ray Comfort from the Way of the Master. You're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Well, we are back. And so, Stuart, thank you. You are listening to Priority Talk with Michael Barber, who I am the third string because we had Paul Brazier filling in for Greg Davis, who is out doing ALCAP work. And, Greg, we appreciate that. If you don't know what ALCAP is, that's the Alabama Citizen Action Program. And um, they do a wonderful work down in Montgomery, just really working with legislators uh, representing the the body of Christ and uh, the churches. And so if your church isn't supporting ALCAP, let me just encourage you to do so. Paul and I are on the board for ALCAP. They do a wonderful work. They just, again, keep Christ at the forefront of what's going on in Montgomery. And (laughs) being a, a retired school superintendent, I appreciate that. Anyone that wants to keep Christ at the head of anything, but especially down in Montgomery, that's wonderful. So I was informed by Stuart, who is doing a wonderful job engineering today, uh, producing. Thank you, thank you. Great job, Stuart. And he's going to keep me on track. And uh, so, Stuart, you shared that we have a caller. So everyone left uh, the sound booth and someone called in. So this should be very, very interesting. Go ahead, caller. Hello? Hello. Who do we have? Hey, this is Judson Mize from... Haleyville, Alabama. All the way to Haleyville. All right. Well, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. So my name is Michael. And so if you were calling to talk to Jonathan or Paul, uh, hey, they're gone. But what have you got on your mind today? 
Well, actually, uh, I don't even know how my radio got on 101.1. The Lord. Uh, how about that? Uh, yeah. We'll just I give the Lord the credit for that. Yeah, I was driving <laughs> home from work and uh, just kind of heard the tail end of you guys talking about some sort of book. Oh. Uh, I was actually calling to just get some information about it. And the next thing I know, they say, What's your name? Where you, where's your location? And they said I was going to be on the air. So, Well, hey, you are our number one call today. And let me tell you how you can get a book today. If you will um, share your information um, with Stuart, if that's okay, I will personally mail you one, um, write you a note in there, and, hey, use it for God's glory. Take it and share it. And if you like it, and I hope you do, there's contact information on the back of the book, and I'll share that uh, in a little bit, too. But it would be my honor, and I mean that, uh, to send you one. How about that? And uh, Oh, yeah. Again, definitely. man, uh, hey, and just uh, share a little bit of information about it. Uh, share, you know, what God's doing in your life always. But uh, that's really what the book is all about, how God, growing up in the American South, man, I tell you, church, uh, every Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, youth choir, RAs, uh, the, everything. And uh, still, I got into trouble. Isn't that amazing? But how wonderful it was to have that grounding in the Word of God, uh, Sunday school teachers, and all those people around me that I just, uh, the Lord never gave up. Man, His mercy is wonderful, and it does. Uh, it just pursues us, and it's new every morning, and I thank God for Absolutely. that. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, so you're driving home? Well, I'm home now. I'm uh, putting some shock in my pool. Okay. All right. Out here, uh, work for the state of Alabama Department of Labor. Okay. The, uh, career center system. So we we help people get jobs, help people get scholarships. Oh man, that's college. wonderful. That's uh, wonderful. Primarily work with the youth. And what I do, uh, helping sixteen to twenty four year olds that have dropped out for various reasons. You know, helping them get their GED and. Man, you're changing lives and, and setting a course for whole families to come. And so that's so wonderful. And Oh, it's great work. It's yeah. Great work. Well, you keep doing that because that's that's also workforce development. And so uh, that's something that uh, we all need. I'm, I'm a retired school superintendent. And, man, that was one of my pushes to, you know, let's get people certified. Not everyone, you know, if you want to go to college, that's fine. But if not, hey, let's make you a productive member of society where whenever I call you to come and work on uh, the things around my house, you're going to make more money than I do. So, and that's a oh, good yeah. thing. Yeah. So, Not, nothing better than just, you know, seeing somebody reach their goals. And, you know, and even the ones that don't get all the way there, at least, you know, we hope we've given them a little bit of that push to, you know, at least help them get a better job than the one they had before. You know, some, some people, they're not going to get their whole GED. Um, some people, you know, might not have graduated from high school, but that should never be something no. that holds you back in life. There's always opportunities. I agree. And this is America. I mean, this is the oh, land yeah. of opportunity, and that's why we've got to keep it. And so, well, man, you've been great. I'm, I, Stuart's given me the, the look. So will you share your information, and I promise you I will drop you a book off in the mail tomorrow. And uh, Haleyville's not that far, so look for it maybe uh, on Saturday. How about that? Sounds great. And please share please. it. Please share it. Thank you, buddy, for your call. God bless you.
College football is back. The UAB Blazers and the Alabama A&M Bulldogs are taking the field in Birmingham's college football kickoff on Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. The Blazers and the Bulldogs kick off at 7 p.m., but the action will be going on all day at Uptown. Be there to start your college football season in style. Tickets start at just $20. Grab your seat today at UABsports.com. It's the Blazers versus the Bulldogs Thursday, September 1st at Protective Stadium. Tickets on sale now at UABsports.com. UAB football, win is one. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like, ooh, yeah, ooh, my life be like, ooh, yeah, ooh. Well, I assure you, that is not me playing bluegrass on that uh, music. I'm a bluegrass musician, and so, but, uh, you know, I can bop my head a little bit on that one. So, appreciate the call from Haleyville coming in. My name is Michael Barber. I'm filling in for Paul Brazier, and we were filling in for Greg Davis, who is out doing uh, great work for the Alabama Citizen Action Program, ALCAP, and uh, representing us well, and I appreciate that. He is our new director. I have a little treat. Uh, I hope it's a treat for you, uh, and we have Stuart, who is going to help me out on this. We're going to share one of the stories out of the book. And so the title of the book is Vegetables for Sale, A Child's Discovery of Redemption in the American South. You know, our grandmothers are so important. Our moms are important. Our dads are important. But this is a story about my grandmother, Mother Pearl. And uh, she lived right up the road from me. And really, to give her credit, the title of the book, people say, well, why is the title Vegetables for Sale? Well, the book uh, is titled uh, about an old sign that I have hanging in my, my office. The sign's been with me since I was five years old. I asked my grandmother for some candy money, and she got tired of me whining. And so she put me on the side of the Highway 231, the old Dixie Highway. I live in Pell City, and so she put me out there and so uh, with a vegetable stand. And I couldn't write vegetables for sale. She wrote out the letters, and I painted them. And again, that old sign's been framed up because it is a testimony of my grandmother's wisdom to go out and earn something rather than to be given something. Now, the greatest thing, though, that we can be given is the love of God, and that is salvation. We can't buy it. We can't earn it. But at the same time, uh, we do need to teach our children uh, to be responsible uh, and, and to earn. And that, that's God's way. And so that's a good thing. So this uh, has to do with me getting in trouble as a child. I spend a lot of time in trouble. And uh, helping myself to things that I should not help myself to. And so Stuart's going to key this up. And this is called The Defilement of Mother Pearl's Kitchen. The Defilement of Mother Pearl's Kitchen. Redemption. Mother Pearl was my daddy's mama, who lived up the hill from our home place. She was a southern cook of the highest order. Tea cakes, fried pies, buttermilk pie, banana pudding, bread pudding, pork chops with red-eye gravy, fried white meat, buttermilk biscuits, turnip greens with ham hocks, and butter rolls were just a few of the heavenly creations birthed from my grandmother's old Kenmore oven. Mother Pearl's yarn slop bucket, contained victuals of a higher quality than are served on today's human troughs called all-you-can-eat buffets. Mother Pearl's kitchen was a sacred place in the center of her universe. It was her kingdom, and she was the sovereign ruler. Her kitchen was open at her will and closed by the same. Between meals, the kitchen was wiped down and dishes were washed and then placed in their assigned cabinets. No adult or child was given grazing rights between meals, and if thirst hit a soul during times of shutdown, relief could be found from the water spigot in the yard. Mother Pearl's cooking utensils were her most valued belongings. With a lifetime of use, each item had become an extra limb to her body. They reflected the ingenuity and necessity Pearl used 
while feeding her family during the Depression. The old Crow whiskey bottle, supplied by my grandfather from a long-ago spirited life, was her favorite rolling pin. The thick glass bottle had rolled out a million miles of dumplings before I entered the world, and another million afterwards. Pearl's wooden teaspoon, a family heirloom, stirred acres of cane sugar into her sweet tea. The spoon was stained a rich cinnamon color from years of use by previous generations who had taught Pearl her trade. The Holy Grail, Pearl's cast-iron cornbread skillet, was shown the same reverence as the family Bible. The ancient black skillet was protected from defilement at all times by remaining in the oven when not in use. Pearl's greatest fear was for someone to wash her skillet, lest it lose its seasoning. No southern cook can tolerate cornbread sticking in a skillet. It's a life-shaming event if the cornbread doesn't flip from the skillet to the serving plate, especially if the pone is destined for a church dinner. It was in Mother Pearl's kitchen, her holy place, and my place of fleshly worship, that I learned the lesson of defilement and redemption. Mother Pearl's cobblers were hands down the best thing I ever put in my mouth. Even today, I would bargain time from the end of my life to have one whole cobbler for myself. The cobbler recipes, like all of Pearl's recipes, were rarely written down or passed along. Recipes are power in the South. Many in the family have tried to imitate her creations, only to feel a sense of sadness and shame after one bite of their futile attempts. Pearl made sure none of her recipes wound up on enemy soil, enemy soil being another woman's kitchen. No cooking-age woman was ever allowed in Pearl's kitchen during times of food preparation, especially when cobbler creating was going on. Most Southern women caught their husbands with their recipes, their culinary love potions. I myself was captured in matrimony by fried pork chops and scratch hash browns cooked in bacon grease, the South's number one seasoning ingredient. Mother Pearl wasn't sharing any of the baits she used to catch my grandfather, and no woman could blame her. Pearl's blackberry cobblers were well worth the suffering of going into the red bug-infested berry patches. Red bugs, or chiggers, are the South's equivalent of Egypt's plagues. Moses and the Hebrew children would have escaped Egypt a week earlier had God sent Pharaoh red bugs. The red parasites burrow into armpits, underwear bands, and groins, producing great red welts and a torturous itch. The devil's bug leaves its host clawing and scratching at unmentionable parts for at least a week. And as good as the blackberry cobblers were, and as much pain and agony as I was willing to experience for them, they weren't the best of Pearl's cobbler masterpieces. That distinction was held by the one that stood above them all, the cobbler of cobblers, Mother Pearl's perfect peach cobbler. Tragedy touched our lives in the summer of 1973, an event that wouldn't have meant anything to normal eight-year-old boys. But for me, it was life-altering. It was the summer that blight took our peach tree. The sudden death of the tree meant a summer of no peach ice cream, no peach preserves, and worst of all, no peach cobblers. Most folks would have bought peaches at the A&P if their peach tree gave up the ghost. Not Mother Pearl. The reputation of her cobbler couldn't rest on store-bought peaches. Good food begins with good ingredients, and for Pearl, good ingredients meant homegrown. If the peach tree didn't produce, we didn't have peaches. It was my irrational addiction to Mother Pearl's peach cobbler that caused me to give in to temptation and commit the great sin against our widow neighbor, and defile Mother Pearl's kitchen. Temptation's a strange thing. 
You never know when the opportunity to sin is going to show up. You just need to live ready for it. The Bible says we should flee youthful lust and temptation. But I must confess, I found it hard to do when I was youthful. Either way, I wish I'd lived by the verse when I was eight. If I had, I would have taken a different route looking for soda bottles one hot summer morning in 1973. On a good bottle hunting day, a kid could load up to 10 Fanta, Sprite, Grapeco, RC, Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, or Coca-Cola bottles in his bicycle basket. The bottles always hid in the tall grass growing along the edges of the dirt roads surrounding our home. We would sterilize the retrieved bottles with a hose pipe and palm olive soap, then return them for a nickel deposit at the neighborhood Gulf station. We used the nickels instantly to purchase tasty offerings, including pickled quail eggs, pig's feet, thick hand-cut bologna, or any confectionery concoction contained in the Gulf Station's candy cabinet. The station's candy offerings were breathtaking and proudly displayed in a dark oak cabinet the length of a coupe de ville. A full-length, wavy glass door made every object of desire shimmer like a desert mirage. Kids often became mesmerized by the cabinet and got whoopings for taking too much time making their candy commitments. Everything a kid dreamed about was tucked away in that tooth-decaying treasure chest. Goo-goo clusters, bazooka gum, pixie sticks, sprees, bottle caps, bubblegum cigars, zots, jawbreakers, lemon heads, chico sticks, and my personal favorite, candy cigarettes, which promised a little boy he could look just like his dad smoking. The contents of the cabinet were the reason most kids in my neighborhood didn't make it to first grade with a tooth in their head. The few kids with teeth remaining had only little brown rotten nubs level at their gum lines. And like all the other kids, I had my own lust affair with the Gulf Station's candy cabinet, and it kept my feet tirelessly pumping my bike pedals searching for glass gold. The morning temptation called my name started like any other bottle hunting day. I chose the most fertile roads with the fewest houses and an occasional road sign. No houses meant no witnesses when folks cleaned out their cars threw everything out the windows, and the occasional road sign, freestanding target, meant sign tagging. Sign tagging is an extinct southern sport in which a driver would steer their car with one hand while tossing a bottle over the top of the car with the other hand. The goal was to hit a sign and watch the bottle explode into a million brightly colored shards of glass. The sign would convulse wildly when struck and produce a thunderous, ear-splitting roar, In spite of the highly developed hand-eye coordination of most Alabamians due to excessive practice, some bottles always missed their mark and flew high or wide. Those misaimed bottles would lodge in the undergrowth surrounding the signs and became the glass-to-cash harvest I sought the morning I defiled Mother Pearl's kitchen and sinned against our widow neighbor. It was shortly after I rooted out my roadside bounty of bottles that my eyes fell upon the peach tree of good and evil. It's funny how something can be around a person every day and it never become an object of attraction until need visits their life. So it was with Miss Vernon's peach tree. I remember it like yesterday, though almost 50 years have passed, how I sat on my bicycle in the middle of the road, helpless to look away from the widow's bounty. The abundance of fruit on her tree bent the limbs toward the earth, making them so easy for little boys' hands to reach. The peaches were perfectly ripe, with just a hint of purple and orange accenting the yellow fuzz-covered objects of desire. 
Such fascination toward a fruit tree probably has not been matched since Eve first spied the tree of knowledge in the garden. It'd be great if we really did learn from the mistakes of others. If that were so, I would have learned from Eve's mistake and kept peddling toward home. But in the words of Merle Haggard, despite all my Sunday learning, towards the bad, I kept on turning. What happened next can best be described as a moment of complete surrender to sin. Just as the serpent tempted Eve to partake of the fruit in Eden, my carnal nature argued that one widow woman couldn't possibly eat all those peaches on her tree. I testify today that my flesh whooped my spirit, and in one backslidden second, the front tire of my bicycle was jammed into the trunk of the widow's peach tree, with me picking peaches faster than a truckload of watermelon thieves clearing a patch on a moonlit night. As I tossed the peaches into my basket, the thought of leaving the poor widow Vernon just one piece of the juicy fruit never entered my mind. Totally consumed by greed, I plucked every peach, leaving the tree bare, and then pedaled fast to Mother Pearl's kitchen. I could hardly wait to present the missing ingredient of my food fantasies to Mother Pearl. How lucky I was that my grandmother had no question or suspicion regarding the generosity Miss Vernon had shown toward our family in such a time of great need. Mother Pearl just received the peaches with a smile and a shake of her head. Truly the Lord had provided, and my reward for bringing home the bounty of blessing to my grandmother meant a whole peach cobbler just for me. Mother Pearl's peach cobblers were a thing of wonder. Plenty of fruit crisscrossed with meaty cobbler. The cobbler itself was always soft and soaked with fruit juice. The cobbler top would be light and flaky, with sugar sprinkled across the top like a light dusting of frost on a winter yard. All peach cobblers were respectfully served with vanilla ice cream and Cool Whip. My addiction to Pearl's cobblers was stronger than my 20-year snuff-dipping addiction, which I kicked more than 25 years ago. For me to have my very own cobbler was the equivalent of camping overnight in the Gulf Station's candy cabinet. This is what dreams were made of in an eight-year-old's sugar-crazed brain. I greedily watched Mother Pearl begin to create the thing of my dreams. The peaches were washed, peeled, and then sliced into wedges. A sprinkling of flour dusted the gray formica countertop where the dough would soon be rolled out. Watching Pearl cook was like listening to Elvis sing How Great Thou Art, or watching Gregory Peck bring Atticus Finch to life on the big screen. No one could or would ever top them. With all the cobbler preparation complete, Mother Pearl began to assemble each piece of the cobbler puzzle in her Pyrex cooking dish. The Pyrex dish had baked so many cobblers that remnants of past pies were fused with the glass, forming a brown glazed lining around its edges. The measurements of the cooking dish were so embedded in Pearl's mind, she never had to measure the cuts of cobbler strips. The fit was always perfect. And as the object of my lust was placed in the oven, I sat like a treed hound waiting for my reward. As the object of my lust was placed in the oven, I sat like a treed hound waiting on my reward. They say love and hate are first cousins. I think it must be true also of joy and sorrow. A strange and unexpected thing happened while I watched the bubbling yellow cobbler through the oven door. It really is hard to abandon your raising, and my raising consisted of a healthy diet of three church services a week from birth. Countless sermons and Sunday school lessons began to flood my mind on topics such as providing for the widows 
and where thieves spend eternity. Slowly the nagging worry of choking on tainted cobbler and meeting Jesus with the juice of stolen peaches dripping from my chin became a reality. Whether out of fear or godly sorrow, the result was the same. I became convicted. The guilt train pulled into my heart's railway station, and the one thing I thought would bring me such joy began to hurt my heart. As Mother Pearl checked the cobbler and declared it was done, she saw how my face, once full of anticipation, had changed like a cloud getting stuck in front of the sun on a bright day. Then she asked me the question I longed to answer deep down in my soul. What have you done? The answer flowed out of my mouth like water gushing from a hose pipe. I stole all those peaches. There it was, confession. And immediately I experienced a feeling of cleansed redemption. I remember thinking the preachers were right about confession being good for the soul. But my wonderful feeling quickly turned to terror as Mother Pearl silently reached for a bent nail in the kitchen wall where she hung her Ford Fairlane's keys. I realized the redemption process consisted of more than just confession when Mother Pearl ordered me to the car and set the hot cobbler on my bare legs. As the heat from the dish burned the tops of my thighs, I thought, Mother Pearl must be giving me a taste of where peach-stealing boys spend eternity. The crunch of the Fairlane's tires on the gravel driveway didn't come close to drowning out the noise of my beating heart. When Mother Pearl steered the car's long green hood in the direction of Mrs. Vernon's house, she made one statement. You're going to make things right. No directions on how to make things right was forthcoming from my grandmother. And in less than three minutes, the fair lane found a resting place in Miss Vernon's yard. As I exited the passenger side, Mother Pearl made no attempt to accompany her thieving grandson on his final walk. The walk of a doomed man is never long enough. I carried the forbidden fruit in its new improved form past the plucked peach tree that testified of my wrongdoing. Mrs. Vernon opened the screen door the moment I stepped on her porch. She encountered a crying eight-year-old boy holding a freshly baked peach cobbler. The only words I could choke out were, I'm sorry. I've since learned one of the finest qualities of human character is the capacity to say those simple words and mean them. I learned those words are also the first steps in repentance and restoration. Mercy is just a word in the dictionary until it's been extended to you. When experienced firsthand, its definition is beyond what all the scribes in the world could write in a lifetime. Miss Vernon showed me genuine mercy one summer day way back in 1973. She hugged a crying child and forgave him of his wrong. Miss Vernon also invited me in her house to share a cobbler. I believe it was the best cobbler Mother Pearl ever made. Miss Vernon passed away several years after I stole her peaches. Until the day she died, I felt we had a special bond, a bond a person could only have with another who has extended forgiveness to them. She did make one request of me the day I wronged her. She asked me to grow up and be a good man. I still struggle each day with fulfilling her request, but it is a desire of my heart. I was a grown man before I learned that Mrs. Vernon had called Mother Pearl with the news of my sin while I was in the very act of committing it. My grandmother had known the peaches were stolen all along. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go, 
and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. From website changes, PPC, SEO, SEM, branding, social media, brochures, and everything in between. The marketing landscape is vast and full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team that will save you time and money, all while building a traditional and digital foundation for your business. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Hi, this is Lee Strobel. You're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. We are back, and so this is Michael Barber filling in for Paul Brazier, and we were both filling in for Greg Davis. Again, Greg, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for allowing me to talk about the book a little bit. I hope you enjoyed that story about my grandmother, Mother Pearl. Again, we all get into trouble every now and then. How wonderful uh, it was to have people around me that kept steering me back in the right direction. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, don't don't get upset if people get onto your kids. Um, you know, the more people that you can have around them pouring into their lives uh, the truth of Jesus Christ, uh, keeping them on the straight and uh, narrow way. I thank God for all the church mamas that I had and uh, the deacons that used to run us down on Friday nights to make sure we were doing right. Uh, I appreciate all of those who have sown into my life, and I tell you what, uh, they made a difference. Again, I hope you enjoyed the story. I always get, you know, how can we get in touch with you? Hey, it's not about me, but if you do want to reach out, I love to get to come out and speak about the book. Um, vegetables for sale book at gmail.com is a great way to get in touch with me. It's all one word, vegetables for sale book at gmail.com, or you can look me up on christianspeaker.net. Uh, go on that website and just type in my name, and uh, my information will come up, and there's a site there, some connection there that you can make. People ask me where they can get the book. It is on Amazon, but, you know, why pay? Why let the big guys make the money? Um, you know, there's a, a store out in Homewood, and, again, I, I don't, you know, I don't get anything from them other than 
but uh, Alabama Goods, and they sell a lot cheaper than what you can get it on Amazon, and so I, I thank them for that. Or you can just reach straight out to me, and I'll mail you one. How about that? I do that all the time. I want to thank Stuart for helping me out. Stuart, thank you for keeping me straight today. No problem. It's been my pleasure. Man, you have been wonderful. Let me just uh, let you know, man, God loves you. God loves you, and that's really what this book is about. Uh, I just wanted people to know that, hey, God loves them. And so we always finish a uh, little radio program that we have on another another station, uh, kind of a hillbilly version, but I am a hillbilly. I'm not, not ashamed of that, but uh, we uh, always finish on Keep on the Sunny Side like the Carter family did. And so uh, is that all right today, Stuart? All right. There's dark and a troubled side of life There's bright and a sunny side too Though we meet with the darkness and strife Oh, the sun again we also may view So keep on the sunny side Always on the sunny side Keep on the sunny side of Barber for Paul Brazier and Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Thank you for having us today. Have a great evening.